Welcome into the Train With The Best podcast, a podcast by fit pros for anyone who loves the world of fitness and wants to understand it better. I'm Craig Hoffman. I'm a personal trainer, performance coach, and media personality. And I'm Chris Gorez, a strength and conditioning coach for 15 years, master trainer, and international presenter. And today, we're going to talk about warm-ups. Aw, yeah. Every <laughs> fit bro's favorite topic. Right. Everything that we love to preach and never do ourselves. The warm-up. <laughs> you know that's true. Uh, I, I do my warm up. I, I feel I, like I do it now. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm now at the age where if I don't do it, it's bad news, but I don't want to. I just would love to get, get in there and start lifting. I, Every 20 something listening to this is like, yeah, that's me. Um, I, I feel like I got to get myself out of the warm up Cause like for, for me, I'll just stay in warm up phase for 30 minutes. If, if I, yeah, uh, today could just be a mobility day. Yeah, ah. That's it. That's it. Like if I just do like a 30 minute warm up. And then 15 minutes of like something hard, is that enough? That's what I've been going with for the last like two years. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the conditioning the, set at the end becomes the harder thing. Maybe as you get older, uh, yeah. but I mean, it is a thing that I think as you get older, you obviously do realize the importance of it. It becomes more of an essential part of the workout because God forbid you don't, and it just it everything feels awful and junky and. Um, you know, your body just feels so much better for it. But the the impetus for this topic is is not our own laziness on either end of the workout. Uh, Chris and I actually went to the uh, Wizards and Grizzlies game the other day at Capital One Arena here in Washington, D.C., a game that featured none of the players that we went for, but it was still fun and entertaining. Uh, Bradley Beal was out. John Moran was out. Jaron Jackson was out. Poor DJ, your eight-year-old. He, he was so excited to see Ja. He then, was, he was, but he there. still, he still uh, had a great time. Um, you know, he had a great time playing NBA 2K in the, uh, in the yeah. lounge area. But, what, was your, uh, what was your favorite part of the pro basketball game you went to? Playing the video game. In, right, in the, <laughs> exactly. The well, like for, for him, it's just fascinating to see the real life people of who he plays with in the video game, right? So like, that's his, that's his life right now. So it's, it's cool. And he had, like I said, he had a great time. Just even just being in the city, he likes driving around D.C. And, and seeing the White House and seeing the Capitol and all those other things. So that's not something that you, you get to see every day. It's something that maybe I took for granted when I was growing up because it was like, yeah, it's the White House. Kind of crappy looking, actually. <laughs> so Yeah, um, it's like, ah, oh, man, there's traffic because we got this big yeah. giant house in the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So God forbid Joey B has to go anywhere and then you get right. stuck behind a motorcade. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Oh my, like the worst, the worst days in D.C. are... If there's a Nats game, a concert, the Cherry Blossom concert, and then like Joe and, and the president has to go somewhere, like <laughs> at any point, if you're driving around DC, at any point, you might get shut down by a blockade of like a bunch of cars flying through there, and then you know uh, some government there official go, that you never yeah, know there about. there goes the beast with with the president in it, right. what they call the, the presidential That's limo right. or or you know whoever else. Yeah, uh, might be might be going by vice yep. president, cabinet secretary. But, but for us, that's such an inconvenience, right? Like we don't even think about right. it because it's like, oh my god, they're they're holding me up. I'm going to be late now. Whereas like my kid will sit in the car, and be like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Look at this, right? right. <laughs> There's Secretary Mayor Pete. Woo! Yeah. And we're like, yeah, but we got somewhere to be. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, we were at that game. We were there early, and uh, you and your absolutely perfectly on brand way were like. Oh, that's interesting. During warmups, uh, and as you watch the the evolution of how guys warm up now versus five years ago versus ten years ago before an NBA game, 
it really has changed quite a bit. What stood out to you and, and what can we take from it? First off, I would say that the NBA the NBA does a much better job than I would say almost any other league in protecting all of their players. And because like their players are such an investment. Every one player makes such a huge difference to the performance of the entire team. Um, and the NFL is, is right behind them, but I think the, the NBA kind of leads the way when it comes to this stuff, and, and they're on the forefront when it comes to uh, having people on staff for sports science, having people on staff for strength and conditioning, because that used to be one position, and now that's two separate positions in, in most teams, in most clubs, and at most schools. You have a sports science guy who watches all the data, and you have a strength and conditioning coach who takes people through the workouts, and then... You might even have a third or a fourth guy on the staff that is just your return-to-play people, right? They're, they're working with individuals and saying, hey, this is their return-to-play protocol. This is their therapy. This is their treatment. This is what they need to do uh, to get back onto the court or onto the field. So the NBA really leads the way on that. And it's just so interesting to see the way that players and teams come in and warm up now versus the way that they did 10 years ago, probably, right? Like 10 years ago, when foam rolling was a thing, and it still kind of is, but 10 years ago, foam rollers were all over the courts. Guys were just lying down, rolling out for like 5, 10 minutes, and they'd go through their stuff and then and then obviously get into their shooting and all, everything else. And now you almost do, don't see any foam rollers on the courts. Like you'll see some of the percussion devices on the sidelines and stuff, and, and they'll use that, or maybe they'll foam roll back in the locker room or whatever, but they're certainly not on the courts anymore. Um, secondly, you'll see a lot more of the, the vaso strap. Um, and, and I'm going to post something today, actually, because um, using the vaso strap in combination with the Vertimax has kind of given me a, a, a new look on that, um, that exercise. The reason why I didn't like vaso strap before is because I had to be strapped down to it, right? So I had to, if you look on the court can before you, can game. you, for people who might not be familiar, because it is a bit specific, like ge- anybody who's more general sure. population hasn't worked in, in higher level athletic, athletics is not going to know what a vaso strap is. Yeah. So, so what you do is you take a, you take a big, uh, super band, like the ones that you use to assist yourself for pull ups, which is t- typically what it's used for now. Um, you take a super band like that and you wrap it around one shoulder twirl around so that it basically coils up around your torso and now what you can do is resist rotation right so that's being used and the reason why i didn't like using it before and and you'd have to double up on these bands where you interlock one band with another so that's long enough Mm -hmm. the reason why i didn't like using it before is because myself as a coach i either had to anchor that to make sure that we're getting the proper the resistance throughout the range of motion or i had to anchor it to something like a post but when you anchor it to something like a post that resistance changes so much over the course of the movement, right? But when you do something like the Vertimax, I can hook it up to the Vertimax, and the resistance stays pretty consistent throughout that entire right. range of motion. So I can do things like a lateral bound or a transverse bound, which is something that was very, very hard to resist before just because you, it was hard to get that resistance right. So now that's a whole other thing. And for a warm-up, you're watching these guys, almost all of them are hooked up with with their own individual trainer or own individual staff member who is taking them through their warm-up, and they're doing all this vaso-strap, lateral bounding, RDL, RDL hops, lateral bound or, or transverse bound into a, a vertical jump. You know, try to get all of the all of those core muscles activated um, to prevent injuries and increase performance, all those things. So it's really been become a, a very interesting thing thing for me to see because it's like all right 
10 years ago, there was all these foam rollers on the court. And then the foam rollers have started to dwindle away. But now we're seeing a lot more mini bands and band work. And now we're starting to see more transverse work and getting these guys um, in and out of jumps where they have to resist and control rotation. So it's, it's, it's very, very interesting for me to see kind of that progress. And starting to see some of that trickle down into colleges and even some high-level high schools because it's not just, hey, let's get out here and lay up lines, right? Um, right. They, they know – like when I was playing high school basketball, it was, hey, let's get out here and do some layup lines and everybody do the little clap thing and, um, you know, let's get ready to play basketball. And now that's completely changed. Yeah, lay up, it always was funny because you do layup lines and then you do pull-up jumpers and then then maybe you you shoot some threes and then it's like, all right, well, that's done with the organized. Now it's it's everybody kind of fend for themselves. Don't, if you don't. got a rebound, you know, if, if you played it a, a like <laughs> you're playing in rec ball or in high school, and there's only enough balls to go around. It's not like everyone has their own ball. It's not like you have rebounders. It's right. like you got to you got to fight your teammates for a ball so you can get one shot up. Right. And if you make it, then you get another one. And hopefully, you can get it stringed together a couple in a row. But if not, if you had a bad warm up, you might have taken three shots before the game. Yeah. Don't forget about that. Let's all stand around the uh, the lane and shoot free throws. And it's one clap if you miss it, two claps if you make it. Don't forget about that. Oh yeah, very essential part to a nineteen nineties nineteen nineties basketball warm up for high school warm up yeah. middle school warm up. That was it. Uh, that's that's hilarious. The Train Me the Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. And I got two things to tell you about in the next 60 seconds with Super Coffee. One, there's a new flavor that is delicious. And two, it is the most cost-effective way to get your morning going. The flavor, pumpkin pie latte. The pumpkin coffee flavor from Super Coffee has always been delicious. But now that they've been tweaking their formulas and they're all latte-based, mocha latte, caramel latte, etc., they're even better than they have been. I don't really understand it. It's kind of broken my brain. I look forward to it each and every morning. And when you do the math, especially when you add in our discount, 25% off the biggest discount you will find at drinksupercoffee.com using the code train with the best, a 12-pack comes out to about $2.50 a coffee. I went to a big national coffee chain the other day to get a latte. Cost me nearly $7. It's nuts. So I can get two and a half super coffees for the price of that latte. So I think I'll be going to drinksupercoffee.com and using the code train with the best. You should too. Again, that's train with the best at drinksupercoffee.com. The Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by BlazePod. I recently joined a new gym, and it's been fantastic having all kinds of equipment there. But the one thing I wish they had was BlazePods. When I get to train at my gym and my clients get to warm up with blaze pods, use them as finishers or any kind of training in between, like I know I know you got it better than than I do when I just go work out at this gym. I should probably just come to the gym that I train at more often or just bring my blaze pods with me. They're super portable. So what are blaze pods? It's flash reflex training, which allows you to train your mind while you train your body. There's amazing exercise ideas if you just go to their Instagram at BlazePods. Chris and I have certainly put up our fair share as well at Train With The Best 21, Chris at Trainer Gores, and I've got some at Craig underscore Hoffman too. So make sure you check it out. Make sure that you go to BlazePod.com. Use the code TWTB and you'll get 15% off your order. That's BlazePod.com. The code is TWTB. So when you talk about like sequencing of these kinds of things, um, you know, because it's you still have to obviously get into basketball sure. uh, eventually, and whether it's you know you start with some layups and you know teams still do layup lines and whatever. And part of that it, it is interesting though going to a lot of like W games uh, over the summer and, and going to some NBA games. Like 
some teams have scrap layup lines completely. Like yeah. more more of it, it's like when you come out after you've kind of had your warm up period, you go back to the locker room for a few minutes, you come back out, and it's almost like a sh- for show more than it is. It is a a you know traditional or like any kind of meaningful warm up, um, and almost like a rhythm you know comfort thing. Um, which is fine, but we're talking about warm ups that start an hour before tip off, right? Yeah. Like these are these are things that are not immediately before a game. What what should the proper sequencing be of you know your core activation, your glute activation, and then ultimately progressing into some level of basketball activity? And how intense would you get that far ahead of a game? Yeah, I I would say I would say that there's kind of two stages. One is your like locker room stuff. So what you're doing in the locker room is all of your activation stuff, all of the treatment stuff, any type of like uh, passive mobilization stuff that you're going to have a trainer take you through. Um, maybe some slow, active, isolated stuff, and then when you get out to the court. Now you're going to start to get into uh, the movement skill, movement prime. I don't know what to call it, um, neuromuscular activation, but specific to some of the movements that you're going to make in a game, right? And and specific to some of the things that are going to help you prevent an injury, right? Like being able to decelerate and being able to resist rotation, which is why that vasostrap is such a such a great thing, such a great tool to use, right? So you're going to get into that, and then you're going to get into um, – like really starting to get into some of the the basketball stuff, right? Like warming up your shooting motion, warming up your your dribbling and ball handling type of stuff, right? And you almost want to overload that. It's almost you you almost want to, but before tip off, like the last thing you do should be very intense, not not long in duration, but very intense in the sense that you want to be above like the tip off, so that when tip off happens. It, it's almost slower than where you, you get just to settle work. back in. Yeah, because like we've we've all played pickup, and you know <laughs> you kind of look at the person across from you, and you're like, all right, these first couple of possessions, gentlemen's agreement, we ain't going that. Like no one's sprinting, <laughs> right? Right? Because right? you gotta you gotta kind of get fin- almost finish your warm up, right? You have to get to game speed. So yep. if you're if you're an NBA player, like that ain't that ain't how that works. Like you're you're going around like Steph Curry is not going to be like, all right, hey, we're not I'm not going to run around these screens for the first three possessions just so we can kind of get into it. No, he's coming down first possession is. You know, giving the ball to Draymond and then flying around three screens, coming back and yep. trying to drain a three in your face. So you have to be able to right before, and, and that's why it's funny that they kind of go back into the locker room after their individual warmups, come back out as a team, and typically go through some kind of layup lines. But that layup line at that point is is kind of picking up where you left off. You then progress from there. A lot of guys that you see like do some sprint work or you know something really high intensity, short and quick. Um, you know, in soccer, uh, I think a lot of teams will, you know, right. You take their starting 11 picture, they immediately break back out, go to the sidelines and do some like rapid response type of work. That way they're ready to go. And and I think that's like a really simple version of the kind of things that you see in mass that is, that is good and correct. Because as you said, you've got to be ready to go at tip off. Like unlike, you know, your, your warm up that we're talking about at the gym where maybe we, uh, do we take an extra five minutes? Like, no, the game starts when the game starts, the ball gets tossed in the air and you got to be ready to go. And so, you know, you progress from that super fine, um, individualized activation of your core, of your glutes. Um, you know, even before that, talking about some of the mobilization of of an ankle and, you know, a hip, whatever it may be to a much larger general, Using all of it within the course of a sprint, a jump, multiple sprints and jumps, defensive slides, whatever, at a high intensity that mimics what you're doing in the game so that ultimately you are ready to perform all that from first possession on. 
Yeah. So so just to kind of go over the sequence, you start off with passive and almost not moving at all, right? That's your treatment phase, right? So you start off passive. People are treating you. People are mobilizing, whatever. And then you get into some active isolated phases where you're slowly moving through some progressions. And then you get into some sort of movement skill where, again, it's not fast, but it's um, it's starting to prepare yourself for the movements that you'd make in a game. And then you load those movements in some way, whether it be a resistance band or um, even even neurologically, like like there's the stuff that Steph does with two balls, right? Like that's not for him right. to be that's right. not for him to be great at dribbling with two balls because you only use one ball in a game. But what it does is when you unload, whether it's neurologically or physiologically, now you move fast, right? So it's slow passive, slow active movement skill, loaded movement skill, right? overloaded movement skill and then back to just that movement skill but super fast and then you're ready to play a game right so that's the whole warm-up and that takes time right and and i'm it's it's probably fitting that we're talking about this too because we're about a week away from a whole bunch of old guys going out there in the cold weather to play in a turkey bowl right so when you get out there for next thursday and and you want to go out there and show the young bucks that you still got it like give yourself time to warm up because we don't want any uh Pulled hammies at the dinner table for Thanksgiving. Yeah, carry carry Uncle Bob back inside. He's, uh, you know, his, his political takes might be hot, but his hamstring was not. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus, who believes that everyone should have access to the highest quality and innovative products on the market, combined with the knowledge and insights of why and how to use them from the world's leading experts, which is why you can get them at livemomentous.com and you can also find out why and how to use them. That second part of their mission statement, which says, we want to help people understand. We believe that people should understand why and how to use these products is why I'm going to send you not just to buy the products at livemomentous.com like any particular ad would do, but to go to livemomentous.com and click on any of these products and learn about them because they do a great job of profiling what each product does and most importantly, how you should use it. So go to livemomentous.com. If you buy anything, use the code TWTB. That's a brand new code. TWTB, you'll get 15% off. But make sure that as you buy whatever it is that you want to do to improve your life, that you click on the products and use the information that Momentous is providing you for free. There's no discount code needed. LiveMomentous.com. If you buy something, TWTB, make sure you go check out, read up on all the amazing things that you can do with their products. Again, that's LiveMomentous.com. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku. And if you want to unleash your true performance, you need to make sure that you have consistent measurements. And you know from listening to this show, and hopefully at this point, having your own Jaku, that the Jaku speed system helps you consistently get laser precision level measurements with a simple device that goes on your wrist and your phone, 100 meter, 200 meter, your 40 yard dash, agility drills. Well, now you can get that same personal precision through the intelligent measurement technology of Jaku on vertical jump. And all you have to do is update your app. No new device, no nothing. Just a simple app update and you've got the same elite level measurement technology that you've been using for your speed work on Jaku in vertical jump. You got to get yourself a Jaku. It's as simple as that. Go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB for a 20% discount and you can get the highest level of accuracy for speed measurement and now vertical jump 
with one simple device. Jawku.com slash discount slash TWTB. All right, last thing. Uh, speaking of the average Joes, listen to this. You're just like fitness enthusiasts. Like, hey, I'm trying to run for 30 minutes. Or I got a client who's trying to run for 30 minutes. Like, what can the average person take out of this, whether it's going into a weight session, going into a cardio session, going into whatever it is that they're doing in the gym? Like, what is the non-professional athlete? I don't have an hour before tip-off to, to warm up. Like, it's obviously the same sequencing, but then how do you yeah. put that into something take, that so- is condensed in a time-friendly manner for a run, a lift, a whatever. Yeah, so take away everything that was passive, right? So all the passive stuff, we're taking that out, right? We're going straight into active isolated stretching or active isolated movement, right? Go straight into some sort of movement skill. And then that loaded movement skill becomes your workout, right? That fast moving skill becomes your like your conditioning, right? And then passive stuff at the end. So here where you would do, like for the athletes, they do passive stuff in the beginning because they're getting treatments and all that other stuff. You're not going to do that. But if I'm a, if I have a client who's uh, general population, weight loss, that's, that's their workout, right? Like the warm-up for a, an athlete becomes their workout. We just do multiple sets, right? Whereas uh, uh, an athlete warming up is going to do one set of everything and then start to progress on. We might do multiple sets of one thing or start to hammer them or, or be a little bit redundant because we want them to get more repetitions with some of the movements. We might do two or three movement skills, uh, two or three movement uh, uh, loaded movement skills, and then one or two conditioning drills with, with speed or with effort. Um, and then we finish with passive stretching. So we do passive stretching at the end instead of at the beginning. Yeah, that that makes sense. And, you know, I, I think it is important to, you know, remember, even if you're just like going for a run, you know, some people are like, oh, I ran a mile warm up, then you get faster. And like, that's one way you could do it. But if you would spend two to three minutes doing some, you know, world's greatest stretch, some some knee pulls, you know, kind of mobilizing the joints a little bit, then do like some high knees, some butt kicks, things like super right. simple things that you've been doing since you were in gym class in third grade, like super simple stuff to get a little speed in your leg, get a little bit of power um, going and, and get your brain firing, getting the, the neuromuscular side going as well. That run is going to be a lot more efficient. That run is going to be a lot easier than if you just try to super slow ease into it. And, you know, a mile in, yeah, okay, you're a little bit warm, but you've already run a mile when you could have, you know, maybe taken that down to a quarter mile warm up, or you do a quarter mile warm up, a half mile warm up, uh, just to kind of get your core body temperature raised, do a little bit of stretching, do a little bit more of high speed stuff, then get into a more pointed workout. Obviously, this also depends on what your goal is. You know, if you're like, I don't care, I'm just trying to run for 30 minutes. Like, okay, fine. As long as you don't pull anything, thumbs up for you. But, you know, if, if you're actually training for something, um, you're training for that 5K, you're training for that half marathon, the, the whatever, um, being a little bit more pointed. And I talk to this, uh, I talk about this with clients all the time. Like if you were just, if you put 5% more thought into it, you're going to get a lot more than 5% out of it. If you just put a little bit of preparation in, a little bit of tact, that will go a really, really long way. My favorite story with this is one of my, one of our best friends uh, who, if any of my friends are listening to this, you will know exactly who I'm talking about, but I will not, I will not out her by name on the podcast, <laughs> but she, uh, she, her thing was like, she just runs seven miles like every day. And she'd always, she sent me her splits and she'd be like, why is my first mile always slow? And I'm like, well, do you warm up? She's like, no, I just go run. Whoa. And I'm like, okay, spend five minutes warming up tomorrow. Here's what you do. 
And then I want you to, to run your same seven miles. And, and by the way, I think you're going to run faster. So you're not going to actually lose any time because you, you cut off less than a minute per mile um, just because you're warm. Uh, then, then you actually don't lose any time on your total workout. She's like, okay, fine. I'll try it. Sure enough. Next day, first mile, you know, if you say the first mile used to be seven thirty, now it's right on seven minutes, like the rest of them. And, and the, the other miles are a little bit faster. And it's like, yeah, you imagine that your body was warm going into it. Right. And so that little bit of tact, five minutes, two minutes goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. What was that five minute warm up? Do you remember what she gave her or did you? Uh, I mean, it was probably world's greatest stretch, quad stretch, yeah. uh, you know, like some side lunge- lunges, a skips, yep. you know, do like a little rapid response or like a little short sprint. That's it. Something to get the, get the, the legs going with a little bit of speed and then, then you're fine. That's it. That's what I would do. Probably. I like, so on the days when I, I do, I don't go run for seven miles. That's, that's not happening. When was the last time you ran seven miles? Never. I don't think I've ever. Okay. So you've done, you've done a half marathon. I did do that half marathon. So that was it. The half marathon. That was it. Okay. Yeah. I've never run. Seven that was miles the one life. time I've ever run seven miles or more. And the last time I've ever like, so that's never, that's probably never happened again, but I've done it zero times in my life. <laughs> when, when I do a cardio workout, so uh, here here we call we call it our own little triathlon at Onyx, right? You have your spark, mm. you have your bike, and then you have the woodway curve, right? So when I'm getting warm yeah. up for that, it's pretty much like it's a side shuffle. So I want to do all the things that I'm not going to do in the workout, right? So it's a warm up. I want to get muscles activated. So I'm doing a side shuffle. I'm doing back pedals, and then I'm going to do some sort of like RDL, something for balance, yeah. right? Something to to open up the hips. Right. And, and usually I try to combine those to save time. So it'll be like a single leg balance, high knee pull into a lunge with rotation. So it sounds like a lot, but it's actually not that much. If you do five on each side, you're getting a little right. bit of everything there or a high knee hip open, uh, reach into an RG, RDL going backwards. That's those are two moves right there. And then the third move would be probably like a, a leg cradle lateral lunge into a turn, right? So if you do those three moves, five on each side, that's going to pretty much stretch everything on the front side, the back side, and the medial and lateral side of the hips. Um, right. And that's, that's just three moves, five reps on each side. So you do a that. ankle mobility in there too. Like a little bit. Gotta, yeah. Knee stability. Like you got it all. And then, and then, like you said, some A skips, and then like two or three reps of some something hard, like a like a ten yard sprint out, something like that. And then, right. and then I'm ready to roll. Like I don't feel like my first rep is a wasted rep, or my first mile would be a wasted mile, even though I don't run miles. Let's just be, let's just yeah, be right, right. Your first <laughs> sprint on the treadmill is uh, is not trash, right? Um, but yeah, that's 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 warm ups one on one. Uh, maybe that'll be the title of the podcast, which, you know, people listening will know because, well, they've seen it and well, that's, that's kind of how that works. Uh, anyway, the point is we do this, uh, hopefully every week, uh, probably realistically, we won't do one next week, Thanksgiving week, although we'll see. Um, but it, we will obviously be back to a regular one per week schedule. As we've said a couple of times, uh, throughout the fall, once football season ends and my life becomes less chaos, um, but <laughs> definitely subscribe and, and you're, you're definitely going to get a podcast every other week. Sometimes even you get it with, uh, who's, who's lifting in the background. I love, I love that we're doing our fitness know, podcast right? and I get, we got real sound effects in the background. Chris recording this from that's, his gym. That's right. I don't know who's lifting over there, actually. Somebody just walked in. So, yeah. Hey, like, keep it down over there. We're, <laughs> we're recording a podcast these here. Are, Where these do you are, think you are? A gym? These are gym nat pops. 
which is a term right. that you taught me when we were sitting on your deck and resting. And we got we got some nat pops on these recordings. We got we got some nat sound pops. We going. said gym pops. We birds, we got bird, <laughs> birds chirping. Now we got now we got barbells in the background. <laughs> so you know it's real. All right, uh, that's it. Uh, by the way, if you want to see some of the Vaso strap stuff, uh, follow Chris on Instagram at Trainer Gores. We're at Train with the Best 21. We know we've been quiet for a while, but again, hopefully after football season, when my life is less chaotic, we will uh, be able to get some of the social media stuff going again as well. All right, that's it. That's all for this week's episode. We'll see you next time on the Train with the Best podcast.